We're continuing our series in uh, the study of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his first letter. And we are, our text this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 12. The Apostle Paul begins this particular section by using uh, two popular phrases uh, that would have been used a lot in, uh, amongst the Corinthians. Uh, it, the first one he repeats twice, so, it's, so that's how we kind of capture uh, the idea that he's using some popular aphorisms. And so when you hear these, uh, uh, everything is permissible for me, uh, you could sort of uh, replace that with one that we might use today, sort of things like, I'm a grown-up, uh, or um, this is America, it's a free country, or um, what I do in private is nobody else's business, or I'm not hurting anyone. You follow? We've all heard these before many times, and so the, the Apostle Paul is coming to them, and he's saying, okay, you guys like to say this, let's think about that a little bit more deeply, shall we? You follow? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food. That was another one that they like to say. But God's going to destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For as it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But the one who sins sexually sins against one's own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. This is the word of the Lord. Let's say together, thanks be to God. One of the privileges I have as a pastor is to do premarital work with young couples. And that is always a fun, uh, a fun adventure. <laughs> uh, it's a fun adventure to be able to, to meet with a couple and to hear the story about how they met and how they fell in love and uh, how that love is blossoming and to uh, begin to, to, to do some conversation about his family of origin, her family of origin, how they're going to be a f- new family together. Um, and, of course, we get to plan the wedding. And, and, uh, and so when this particular couple came into my office and we're getting close to the wedding day, um, we'd had some really fun conversations, and they'd really begin to trust me, and we'd begin to develop a rapport. It was really, really sweet. 
But there was some different energy happening when they came into the room this day. And I couldn't quite figure out what was going on, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. And as is often the case, it took a little bit to get to the moment where she finally expressed what was bothering her. And what was bothering her was that she had found out that her boyfriend used pornography. And I remember this moment in particular because I remember that as she was describing how embarrassing it was and how ashamed she felt to know that her boyfriend had looked at, at porn, I remember the look of confusion on his face. He was really genuinely confused. He, he didn't realize. He was having a difficult, realize, difficult moment realizing in that moment that what he had done as a single man, something that he did that, you know, is not... I mean, okay, this is a clear Christian ethic, right? This is as clear as it can be. Flee sexual immorality. So you need to understand this. People hear this funny from me. I have to look at couples and I have to say, what your husband or what your boyfriend or your fiancé has done is totally not okay. And it is totally normal. Do you follow me? The two don't cancel each other out. They're both true. In our culture, it is totally not okay, and it is totally normal. And that's what this poor young guy was wrestling with. He had been doing exactly what all of his friends did as young single men. He hadn't been sleeping around, but he'd been using porn, and it just didn't make sense to him that he would, that that choice, that that, that behavior that it was, was happening before he even met her was showing up in her life now and was, absolute, was threatening to damage the future that he wanted to have with her. You following me? This was a critical moment for him and for them to have to grow up into a really profound new understanding of what their sexuality was about. And that's precisely what the Apostle Paul is doing throughout this letter. He is calling the Corinthian church to grow up into understanding that who they are, what they are, how they relate to each other is way bigger and way more impactful and way more significant than they are giving credit for. It was common at that time and is to some extent common today for people to have this uh, unstated belief that what that their spiritual life and their physical life are somehow separate and different. That somehow the, their spiritual be expression or how they relate to other people, that, that's one thing, but what we do in private is another thing. That as long as I am true to God and to the other in my heart, I can do whatever I want with my body. It's not hurting anybody. You're following me, right? This is the common belief. And Paul wants to, in as clear terms as possible, help them understand it's time to think differently about this. It's time to grow up into new understanding. I can happily say to you that that couple worked through that really hard thing. And that young man repented of that. And they worked through the healing and the, and the truth-telling 
and the repenting that was necessary in order to rebuild trust in that relationship. But I think about that young man, and I think about all the young men I know, my sons included, and I want to be able to say as clear a word as I can, what you do with your body matters to everyone forever. What you do with your body matters to everyone forever. That is what this text is teaching us. The punchline is right there at the end. You are not your own, Paul says, so honor God with your body. Your body, the fullness of you, the whole of you, not just your spirit, as if the spirit and the body could be different, as as though they were separate things. The whole of you has been claimed by the whole of Christ at the cross. You've been claimed by Christ with the dearest price possible, Paul says. That which is most precious in the universe has been given to claim all of you. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the temple and the Holy Spirit isn't going to go taking a vacation if you decide to go sleep with a prostitute. You are holy and claimed by God. Therefore, he says, since you are claimed by this great price, since you are not your own, flee sexual immorality. I mean, just the clearest thing possible, right? Flee sexual immorality. If you see yourself headed toward it, if you bump into it, turn around, do not walk, run. Do not walk, run. I'm telling you this because sexual immorality and the opportunity thereof is pretty much everywhere. You, you will need to walk through life with track shoes on. Running is just going to be part like, okay. I, I was... I remember uh, I went to a, a, a friend's party, a uh, birthday party, a long time ago, um, and uh, so wasn't an elder of the church. <laughs> Walked in, and uh, his brother thought it would be really fun and nice to hire a stripper. You walk in, hey, we've hired a stripper. Okay, bye. <laughs> Later. I, I can't be here for this. I can't be here for this. You're my friend. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to lecture your brother as to why this is an incredibly stupid idea. I'm just not going to be here for this. It's just, you, you have to get to the place where whatever embarrassment you feel about that moment, you just go, this is so not helping me. And what I believe is so beautiful about Paul in this, in this context is that he's not just saying it to be moralizing. Now, he's losing his mind because the two examples in chapter 5 and 6 that he offers, one at the beginning of chapter 5, uh, there's, there's a, a member among you who is sleeping with his stepmom. And then here at the end, sleeping with a prostitute. These are no-brainers. He even says at the beginning of chapter 5, look, even pagans know better. So, the, so that's really what his hint. He's like, something going on in your heads that you think that you can be belong to Christ and do something that even pagans who don't have that profound union with God know is not okay to do. 
You've made, this, you've made these things separate, and he says, they're not. The, the whole of you has been claimed by Christ. And so, this isn't just a take-it-or-leave-it rule. Think through the implications. Understand and live your life in a different way, and know that, yes, you are a free person. Yes, you live in a whole new freedom because of Christ. And therefore, since you have that freedom, understand the implications of using that freedom responsibly. Understand the stakes, the long-term consequences of short-lived pleasures. And once you have that clarity, once you have the clarity that you are not your own, and that the joy, the freedom that you're really given is to to enjoy God with your whole body, then you will find it incredibly easy to flee from morality. You will find it no less interesting or attractive to sleep with a prostitute or go to a strip club or look at pornography or decide that you just want to go sleep with this guy because you're really feeling lonely, you're going to be able to turn away from that stuff and find it unval- uh, unattractive and, and, and uh, uninteresting. You'll be as interested in doing that as you'd be interested in eating car parts. Because you know that, that those two things are going to get you the same result. It is not going to be pleasant. Please hear this. The church has a horrible reputation for moralizing on this, for just wagging our fingers and saying, you're bad and nasty and terrible if you do these things. And we sometimes lift this text up as a way of saying, we're right and you're wrong in the way you behave. And Paul is not moralizing. He is saying, you are precious. This isn't about behaving right. This is about love eternal love, big love, a love that encompasses so much more than you, a love that lasts forever. Think about that bigger love. If this young man that I'd been talking, that I was telling you about, if he had just been able to picture in his mind uh, that there would be a future day when he would look at his wife and he would want to be able to say to her, you are the only woman I desire. If he could have held that vision in his mind, he could have turned away from pornography, but he didn't have that long-term view. And because he didn't, at this moment, the crisis comes. And Paul's now taking that image and he's expanding it out into all eternity because you are part of Christ, have the long-term view that what's going on for you is eternal. And that should therefore direct what you do right now. And that should remind you that when you commit these sins, these are the sins that you commit against your own self. You hurt your own body, he says, when you do these things. You can hurt other people in lots of different ways, but this one, you hurt yourself. Don't do it. You are not your own. Therefore, honor God with your body. Okay, second point. There are three. You are not separate. Therefore, honor others with your body. You are not separate. Therefore, honor others with your body. Paul goes, goes to pains to explain that we are now members of Christ himself. In other words, as I am part of Christ, I am part of you because you are part of Christ. We are all in this and united to one another. Therefore, it is incumbent upon us, since we are not separate, to not treat the other as separate. 
but to recognize that in so far as I and my body is now holy and claimed by God, so is yours. And I have to hold your body as sacred. Whenever I think about the, the pain that I see in the lives of people around sexual issues, it always boils down to this. It boils down to the experience that they either they see their own bodies or the body of another as something less than fully human made in the image of God. It's always a, it's always a lessening, an objectifying, a disconnecting the body from the spirit and the fullness of that person. This person isn't, a, isn't somebody's son or daughter, isn't a child of daughter, a child of God. This person is, is just a means to an end. And if you want to understand what the whole Bible teaches, start to finish, about the nature of humans, it is that humans are the most precious thing ever to God. And it is it, nothing activates God more. Nothing generates the, 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 the heat and the wrath of God more than when people treat other people like they aren't people. You follow? Every time. You want to know why God's mad? Why is God mad here in the Bible? It's because people aren't treating people like people. It's because one human is treating another human like they're not human. And he kind of is that is unacceptable to God every time. That's why Jesus died on the cross, is to claim the fullness of humanity. You following? So, these two quotes that Paul will use. Everything is permissible for me, and, uh, and uh, the body is for food. If the stomach is for food, like the food is for stomach, then my body is for sex, and, my sex, is, and sex is for my body. And, and Paul is saying, no, it's not. That is a, a ridiculously reductionistic view of what sexuality is about. Your body isn't just for sex. Your body is for the Lord, which means your body is for something far greater, and it's connected to everybody else. Yes, Paul agrees, you can do anything you want, so do things that are good. <laughs> yes, you can do... You have all sorts of freedom. Now, live that freedom out in a way that is what's best for you and what's best for another. You are part of this much larger whole. So, just to emphasize this point a little bit, it, I, I, there's a part of me that wants to just say, First Corinthians chapter 5 and 6 are about sex, but they're actually not about sex. And you know why? Because right in the middle of it, he talks about the fact that people are suing each other in church. Like, where'd that come from? And it seems clear to me that as he's doing that, he's actually saying, you'd think that you and this other person in the, in the church are somehow separate from each other. He goes, what in the world is going on that you, Christ wouldn't sue Christ? Jesus wouldn't take Jesus to court. Why are you and, and he goes, and if you're having disagreements, 
He says, I, he goes, this, I, this I'll say to your shame. He says, he doesn't speak of the word shame at all when it comes to the sexual stuff. He speaks of the word shame when he says, talks about the fact that they cheat each other and then take each other to court. And he says, are you kidding me? This is what you should be ashamed of. You should be ashamed that you can't find one wise, discerning person in the church to settle your disputes for you, but you've got to take it to a, a secular court. You've got to be kidding me, he says. That you should be ashamed of. This isn't about sex, except it is. <laughs> it's about you belong to something larger than you. You belong to this thing, this, this, this love relationship called the body of Christ. And this expression that Paul uses repeatedly, the body of Christ, why does he keep using it? It's because it is through Christ that we have relationship with God. It, and he will repeat that over and over in the New Testament. And there's a, a corporate, united, mysterious thing that's happening. He says, this is a mystery that we should belong to one another as the body of Christ. Just as he says, it's a mystery that the two shall become one flesh. The mystery of sex is actually just a small case study in this larger mystery of union that we have within the body of Christ, which is in fact also a smaller example of the larger mystery that is the triune God, the one who is both three and one. Your body and how you treat it is directly connected to this greatest mystery of all, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in divine union with one another and that you, through Christ, are brought into it with him. And so you have to start looking at each other with a whole different set of eyes and recognize that how you relate to each other has a whole different set of implications. You are not your own, so honor God with your body. You are not separate and apart what I do in private isn't hurting anybody. Guess what it is? And that connects us to the last point. You are not temporary. So honor yourself with your body. Honor God with your body. Honor others with your body. Honor yourself with your body because you are not temporary. Everything that we do, this whole life that we live, as a, one, of my, one of my great teachers said, this life isn't about coming to believe in Jesus, say the sinner's prayer so that when you die you get to go to heaven. It is not about that. It is not about that. In fact, what this whole life is about is, is training for reigning. It's training for reigning. Paul will say in that section about the suing each other, he says, why, you guys are suing each other, why are you doing that? One, do, do you not know that one day you will sit next to Jesus and you will judge angels? He says. You are training for reigning. This is all preparation for an eternity of co-reigning with Christ over all of creation. Do you understand what that means? Neither do I. Do you understand the implications of the resurrection? Neither do I. Do you understand how it is that two people can join together and become one flesh? Neither do I. But they are all part of this incredible love mystery that we have been initiated into by virtue of being born. 
And they are all part of this great love mystery that we are growing up into maturity into because we are part of Christ. And if you can't get in, give me an amen for that, I don't know what to do. All right. The only union that is deeper and more mysterious than sexual union is the union that we have with Christ and that binds us to God and to one another, making us one. So what you do today matters in forever because it's all part of how we are being formed for our eternal purposes. It matters for your formation. It matters for who you are. What you look at, what you put your imagination around, to whom you give yourself, and to whom you withhold yourself in love because you know the more loving thing to do is to withhold yourself. All of this is a recognition that you're not temporary, that none of this is temporary. It all has eternal implications. The whole of you belongs wholly to God, bound up in loving unity as the body of Christ for all eternity. And that, friends, is holiness. The whole of you belongs to the holy to God. The choices you make matter to everyone forever. What you do with your body matters to everyone forever. I want to say two parenthetical words because I look up here at the clock and it says I've got eight minutes and 53 seconds left on my sermon. The two parenthetical statements I want to make is I know that I'm speaking to a room full of people for whom, many, for, many of whom um, do not have sex as part of their life anymore because of where they are in their life stage or because of their marital status. And it was helpful to me at one point when a pastor could remind us young single people that just because we aren't having sex doesn't mean we aren't sexual beings. You follow? And I believe this text does say something to us about the preciousness, preciousness and the value of our body even when uh, we're not making new bodies with it. Even when we're well past the age of making new babies. I think there's something really beautiful about what this text is saying to those of us who are older or single or who never had the opportunity to have sex. It's saying something to us about our eternal value that we are still held in profound, mysterious, and extraordinary love. And that's the whole point of this letter is to grow in that love. So I want you to hear that, that this is an expression of, of love from God to you, and it's not about necessarily sex. And the second thing I want to say parenthetically is that it really bugs me when Paul says, um, that when he makes a comment, shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body. That bugs me 
not because I don't believe it's important to say, but because it sort of implies that the problem is the Christians being somehow uh, made profane by sleeping with a prostitute as if the prostitute doesn't matter. You following me? They say it a different way. When I was a young man, well, when I was a kid anyway, what little I knew about prostitutes led me to believe that all prostitutes were basically adults who were choosing prostitution of their own free will. You follow? As if prostitutes were the problem. As if they were the bad people and I'm a good person, and so if I'm a good Christian, I shouldn't sleep with bad people. You getting at me? That's not what Paul is saying. And for us as a, as a community, we who have become really acutely aware that to, in today's day, if a person, especially a, a, a female person, is involved in prostitution, it's very likely that that person is underage, that that person is in some form of forced bondage, and that that person is absolutely involved in that activity of zero choice of their own. And that I want us to hear this text and understand that when Paul talks about this mysterious love union, he is talking about all of humanity. He's not just talking about the Christians that he's, right? That the claim that's being made by Christ at the cross is for all. And that we should be just as concerned about the guy who sleeps with the Christian, who sleeps with prostitutes, as we should be the prostitutes themselves. And that we should never, ever, ever get it into our heads that one of these people is a good person and one of these is a bad person. Instead of they are both saved people through the blood of Christ, if they would but turn to him. And if we, the church, would but make it possible for them to meet Christ. Which is why we commit ourselves which is why we participate in trying to end human trafficking, which is why we, uh, are, we celebrate being able to work with Arm of Care, helping young girls uh, start life over again after uh, a life in, in human trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. You following me? I had extra time. I'm going to use it. You are not your own, so honor God with your body. You are not separate, so honor others with your body. And you are not temporary, so honor yourself with your body. Every choice you make with this body, this amazing power plant used to glorify God, every choice you make with it matters, and it matters to everybody around you, and it matters for all eternity. And so... Our closing prayer this morning, I've been offering really short closing prayers throughout this series. It didn't, wasn't one of my intentions, just sort of has happened. But the one I want to offer you this morning is this. Triune God, remember it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are in union, and now they're inviting us into union. So we want to pray this prayer to the triune God. Triune God, help me remember that I am part of your whole and help me honor that whole with my whole self. That's the prayer I want to lead you in today. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads and repeat after me. 
Triune God, help me remember that I am part of your whole and help me honor that whole with my whole self. Amen.